Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Okay, today we're here with uh, Chris Burris, who is a IFS therapist and a lead trainer at the IFS Institute. Welcome, Chris. Take care. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thanks for coming on. I, I've really been interested in talking with you, and therapy is something that I've always been passionate about for years already, um, and especially IFS, which is something I've done for the last two years, and I've always thought it can be very beneficial for well, anyone, but mm-hmm. especially artists as well. Um, and I'd kind of like to start from the beginning because I think I'd li- I'd kind of like to start with your story first and kind of what got you into into therapy or becoming a therapist and then mm-hmm. what specifically got you into IFS. Uh, great question. I um, well, I kind of had a choice between um, bricklaying, which was <laughs> my father, grandfather, and great grandfather, or my great uncle did, um, or talking to people. And I was much better at talking to people than anything else, mm-hmm. you know? So I, you know, I was really interested in, you know, what, you know, how people operate and what makes up, um, our consciousness. And so I studied psychology and then went into being a marriage and family therapist. Um, and, um, you know, became a trauma therapist within like probably six months of my practice. And, um, and was learning really about kind of how trauma gets locked in our body. And uh, we also have ways that we got we get locked in time and as a result of that and was studying um, with a guy named David Kaloff, who had another parts model, who was friends with Richard Schwartz. And I've studied with David for about 10 years and I met Richard. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I was very interested in trauma and uh, really how trauma is causes a lot of anxiety and depression and issues that um, that early on we you know when I first started I didn't talk a lot about trauma it's pretty well known now we're still developing an understanding about uh, how trauma affects um, humans and causes a lot of the the pain and suffering that we have so that's kind of how I got interested in it and found that um, this type of work is really effective and important for resolu- resolution of trauma. And then um, um, got to know Richard Schwartz and studied with him 20 um, some years ago and been doing and teaching it for the past 20 years. Okay. And, and Richard Schwartz is the creator, or I guess the creator of IFS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Richard is uh, Richard Schwartz. Um, he, he developed IFS some um, probably 35 years ago, um, and I think it's 1985 is when the Internal Family Systems book came, came out and, um, and is um, one of the fastest growing models of psychotherapy. We can talk a little bit more about you know, the, what the model is about as we go. Yeah, and, and why I'm also specifically interested in talking with you, especially is because you also have a background in working with, with artists. You want to kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, I um, so I was living in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where North Carolina School of the Arts is located. It's a really uh, a fantastic performing arts school. 
Um, Gerald Freeman, who was uh, director of the first West Side Story, was the head of um, the uh, drama department there. Uh, but we we had artists and visual artists, uh, uh, film, had a really great school of dance, um, designing production. So it's a really fantastic art school. Um, the drama department is pretty well known um, and uh, produces a lot of um, uh, folks and that are, end up on Broadway and acting and, um, you know, film. And, um, and so it has a very well-known acting department, um, which I was able to work really closely with Gerald Freeman and uh, Robert Besseda and the other faculty there. Uh, they are big proponents in uh, mental health and um, believe that uh, understanding yourself really helps an actor um, know themselves and be more a better actor, but also the health of an actor was really important as well. I think they probably saw lots of their friends and colleagues have, you know, various, you know, challenges over the years. And they wanted the students to be healthy as well as um, really great, great artists as well. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I was very active with them. And, and I definitely want to go very deep into that around your experiences with artists. And, and I think we all know that there's a lot of stories in the media, of like different artists, how, how many mental health struggles that they deal with. And I want to go deeper into that, but I guess I'd first like to start um, for everyone that doesn't know what exactly is IFS in terms of like a therapeutic approach and how is it, how is it different than traditional? Like most people are familiar with therapy, but most are usually familiar with talk therapy, not so much a lot of the other modalities. Um, So what's kind of, how does IFS work basically? Yeah. So IFS is called Internal Family Systems, and the basic premise of it is systems theory, and the sort of the sort of basic elements of systems theory is you know ego systems are are systems you know that are interdependent um, that operate in you know and alliances and coalitions and polarizations. So it takes some of the basic premises of systems theory and applies it to an internal system. The thing that uh, makes IFS um, is it's a it's a very functionality. It's a very functional. It's a very common sense approach. Um, it's and um, it looks at uh, really how we protect ourselves. So the basics of it is we have ways of protecting ourselves um, that become maladaptive, and uh, those protective mechanisms cause various trouble. Um, we have ways that maybe we're reactive or ways that we're preemptive. Um, IFS, you know, for lack of better language at the time, sort of causes us to manager parts of ourselves or re- or firefighters are more reactive parts of ourselves. And then we have aspects of our inner psyche that need protecting. Those are our more vulnerable um, aspects, our more vulnerable parts. And, and then I think the thing that makes IFS different is this idea that we have a core authentic self and um, the our self has has elements such as compassion and curiosity and connectedness and courage. And that's who we are at sort of our higher self. So we look at the internal system as a system that either operates in harmony or cooperation or operates in uh, more maladaptive or polarized ways or extreme ways. And it's sort of those extreme ways of protecting that ends up causing um, a lot of difficulty, you know, either internally with anxiety or depression or externally 
as as far as how we may be reactive in relationships or controlling in relationships that uh, then causes a causes difficulties in the way that we are relationally. And well, you mentioned something interesting there with the true self, and and there's a lot of that art like that gets talked about in the sense of like oh, in, in acting as well actually, it's like oh, just be authentically you and be your true self, but it it almost gets used in this like it's not really explained what that is and people are like oh, okay i'll just be my authentic self whatever that means you know what i mean and yeah. so how i guess and you mentioned some of the characteristics there and i'd really like to emphasize that if you can is like how do you know like what your true self is and how do you know because like what i've noticed with ifs a little bit myself is that it's very easy to get into this intellectual part of yourself mm-hmm. that you intellectually think that you're being your true self or that you're like you're kind of thinking about it but you're not actually feeling any of these things well i i I think there's different there's sort of an existential idea of that and there's also authenticity you know and um i i think for an artist i think what really what our artists are expressing is really the complexity of being human you Mm -hmm. know and so the complexity of being human is what we talk about as range you know, that I have a range of expression of emotion or presence or courage or strength. So my range of expression, you know, and how that's portrayed as an artist is what makes the acting rich. You know, so if we have more unidimensional or, you know, if we're not so multidimensional, we're kind of boring, you know. So I think what gets translated for artists is really the complexity of its of expression and being able to have a range of expression, a range of what is um, identifiable and relatable as human beings. That's a little different than maybe um, existentially what my core self is. You know, so IFS looks at more like self-energy as sort of this, this core sort of elements of compassion or connectivity or calmness or um, courage. You know, so these are... Um, more of the kind of the innate core principles of our being, you know, so language is, you know, kind of challenging. So, you know, an authentic expression as an artist, I think, has more to do with the, the range of a sympathy and expression of that complexity of texture as a as a human being, you know, and then existentially, like, who am I when I'm just with myself? Who am I at my own core, you know, and um, versus sort of parts of me that, that are maybe reactive or protective or fear-based or carry certain vulnerabilities. You know, those tend to be more of my protective system versus kind of who I experience myself to be at the core. Oh, and can, can we talk about that especially? Um, because I know a lot of actors, they, and, and you've probably had experience yourself counseling them, is there's a lot of the, the parts that come up and it doesn't we don't talk i guess about it as like parts of ourselves always but we have like the inner critic that's a big one in art yeah um you know there's also like other fears like the like the um, like the bit of a self-sabotage uh type of thing fear of success fear of failure um so how does that like how does that relate to ifs like if, when you're talking about parts are these all different parts or are they all one part and if so what are what's what's going on there basically yeah so everybody's a little different um in the way that we 
maybe carry those protectors. So our life experiences, the culture that we come from, um, you know, the frames in which we see the world through, uh, life experiences, um, you know, systemically how we carry privilege in our system, different different types of things have a, a way of shaping our internal system. So no internal system is, you know, exactly the same. We do tend to kind of have ways that we may be reactive, you know, or the ways that we act in preemptive ways. So those tend to be kind of common. Um, the, you know, the fear of failure is sort of a common human experience, you know, and if we really care about something, then we we don't want to lose it or we don't want to fail at it, you know. So I think fear of failure is probably one of the one of the a large thing for actors that they deal with. The other thing that actors have to deal with that lots of other people don't have to deal with is uncertainty. And human beings hate yeah. uncertainty. And, um, and I think it takes a special character person to be able to live with the uncertainty that actors often have to live with of sort of not knowing, like there's no like recipe that determines if you're going to get a role or not. You know, sometimes it has to do with, you know, different whole different factors that you have very little to do with. You sort of go in and give your very best expression and you have to deal with not knowing if you're going to give that role or not. So dealing with uncertainty is a, is a huge element, you know, when they, when they sort of train, you know, special optic, special ops, you know, you know, in the military, the factor that they do for stress is to not tell them certain things. So not uncertainty is the thing that generates stress for, yeah. for people to learn how to, to, um, to cope with, um, you know, these different, um, you know, challenging situations. So uncertainty is a huge thing that actors have to deal with, you know, then how our parts deal with that. You know, if we have a critic part that really attacks us, you know, and really embraces us in a harsh way, you know, that really sort of breaks down our capacity to, to, you know, to keep going and to keep, you know, taking these big risks, you know, putting yourself out there. So, so a critic may be as a way of protecting ourselves, but as a harsh way of protecting ourselves. So it sort of beats us, beats us up in order to try to get us to do better, which isn't really that effective in the long run. Um, so, so that would be in the way that impacts other parts of ourselves. So we may have a critic that kind of attacks us harshly and then we have another part of ourselves that feels beaten down, you know, or carries a burden of worthlessness or helplessness, you know, so that system gets, you know, uh, burdened or maladaptive in a way. So with, with one, let's say, trigger or stressor, multiple parts and you could be triggered. Yeah, so exactly. like it could be different parts that are reacting, like you're saying, like um, the inner critic, that voice in our head that's like, oh, you're not good enough or this, this isn't good enough or you don't deserve to be here. That would be one part reacting and that yeah. could potentially trigger another part that also starts talking back. And that's, yeah. I guess, maybe where that feeling comes from where you don't feel like, yeah, you feel like you're fighting against yourself in that way. Yeah, that's what, we, what you just described, Greg, is what we might call a polarization. You know, um, a one, one part of ourself that drives us through harshness, another part of us that may shut down and kind of give want to give up, you know. So then there's this internal battle that's happening internally, you know. And then it's so noisy, you know, what uh, Gerald Freeman would say a lot of times is, there's acting and then there's sort of talking heads, you know, where you're yeah. just kind of, you're just kind of an intellectual, you know, uh, and, it, and there's not that 
depth and complexity. Yeah, you're just delivering the lines. Yeah, delivering the lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that could actually, so those internal parts could cause us to freeze up in a way that we actually can't feel. We don't have access to our emotions or access to the spontaneity that we, we really need to be able to have to creatively engage in those roles. Well, that's interesting because like funny enough, the thing that we talk about most like as talent manager to my clients is like, okay, how do we, how do we get, get more of yourself in the roles? You know what I mean? That's always the big thing. Really like there's different advices, but basically always comes down to how do we make the auditions that it's more you because that's, what's unique. There's no other you, you know what I mean? So that, and it's trying to do that instead of trying to do the idea of, I think they want to see this. That's already a voice probably talking in our head. It's like, Oh, they want to see this, so I should do this, or I don't know if I should do this. I should play it safe. Yeah. So, so what's cool, what I find cool is IFS is almost like sounds like a way to kind of actually have steps to work with these parts. And yeah. and I'm obviously a beginner in it because I've only I've only done it two years. Um. So so, but but what I've learned from it myself, and what I found cool in IFS is that it's not one of those things is like how do i get rid of this right. how do i get it stop this it's like right. it's, it always feels more like collaborative how do i integrate these parts and how do i get them basically sometimes stop fighting each other right. and to kind of get, be more harmonious and, and and i always thought that was cool because I, that actually like feels better too than yeah. like oh, how do how do i get rid of this part of myself yeah yeah i think that you know, for actors, there's a lot of background work that they do, you know, to like you're you're actually often acting from the script, you know, you're embodying the script, you know. And so how do you sort of get out of your head and actually embody the human being that you're expressing? You know, so those parts you name, Greg, or if I'm in my head sort of watching myself act, that's different than actually being the character. You know, and so how do we relax those observant parts or those figuring it out parts of ourselves or even our critics that allows us to really sort of step back? And I think, you know, this is kind of where improv comes in and a lot of of actors train in improv where you just really let go. You just let it sort of, you know, flow out of you, you know, so these parts of ourselves that hold us tightly or hold us in ways of trying to observe us or watch us or make us be careful or even make us overact, you know, overexpress. That's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And and so how do we sort of let go of that? And and I think authentically is how, how we, how we were able to be the human being that is in the script, you know, and, and so letting, so when we're being that human being, I think that's what a lot of times we're talking about being authentic is we're letting go of, you know, of the doing and the watching and the trying and the perfecting and and actually just sort of being the person on the in the script, you know, in the best way that in the best expression that we have at the time. And wh- why is it why is it that IFS, at least from some of the studies, it seems like it has been shown to be more effective. It's been shown to be more effective for certain conditions, right? Um, there's a there's. You know, it takes a, quite a bit of time to research, but the research is coming out really pretty good uh, for lots of different things of anxiety. Um, there's a chronic pain research that's coming out really well. Traumas, some of the research on trauma 
Um, so the research is coming out pretty well. The reason I think it's differently is that we can't sort of think our way out of it. We actually have to go inside and, and be and be in an experiential relationship to ourselves. You know, so how we relate to these different parts of ourselves determines how well they can relax, you know, how well the fear can relax. So mostly the way human beings relate to themselves is in some harsh way. Like what you named before is how do I stop this? How do I get rid of it? Well, that's what we call repression. You know, so what we repress or resist persists, you know, so yeah. it doesn't actually re release. We just put another constriction on top of it. You know, so as we relate to these parts of ourselves and see them as trying to be protective, they don't mean to cause us trouble. They're just trying to, to help us, but the means of trying to help us are causing problems. So IFS helps us relate to ourselves in a more compassionate, uh, more uh, understanding, more um, uh, kind of a soothing kind of way that helps these parts of ourselves not overfunction. You know, and then we're able to kind of move from a a doing state to more of a being state, you know, and I think that's what actors are kind of looking for is how do I sort of be the character? You know, if I'm doing the character, you know, then there's an element of inauthenticity, like I say that word right, yeah. that is, um, you know, that's kind of that you can kind of feel, you can kind of, you, you can feel the feeling when someone is doing the character versus actually being the character. And that's what I, I, I think actors are looking for is, is how do I do that? I one of my um, students I worked with, um, you know, she was a, a nineteen-year-old, you know, uh, um, uh, I think maybe sophomore college student, and she played a ten-year-old, and I was amazed at how like she could actually be a ten-year-old, you know, a ten-year-old boy, you know, yeah. and. And you would just you watching her on stage, you would assume she's a ten year old boy, you know. And seeing her off stage, it's like there's no way you could be a ten year old boy, <laughs> you know. It's, it's quite yeah. amazing, you know. So that so getting her getting lots of our system to relax and let us really live into those expression, you know, I think is what you know what actors are kind of looking to be able to do. Well, so with with that, the uh, like, I guess my question would be because I always try to. Like I've had friends ask me, like, when, how does that, how does it work when you do IFS therapy? And I kind of always have a like hard way of hard to explain. Actually, sometimes yeah. I'm like, yeah. So like, I kind of explain it like, like, yeah. A lot of times I'll close my eyes, and therapists will be asking me questions, but we'll usually start a lot of times in maybe where do I feel tension in my body. Yeah. Um, and, and could you, and maybe there's different ways too, but could you kind of explain, I guess, if you were explaining it to like, let's use your 10 year old as an example, actually, yeah. if you're explaining it to a 10 year old, how, I guess, how do you start or how would, how would it mostly start, uh, if you're with a therapist? Well, what you're describing is, um, is sort of state dependent learning, which we want to work with the activation, you know, and we want to find that activation in around our body, um, and so if it's anxiety, you know, I'm going to find the anxiety. Where is it? Where do I notice it in around my body? You know, so it could be my chest. It could be my stomach. It could be kind of all, you know, all over. And as we focus on it, then we see what we notice about it. You know, does it have a body location? Does it have a, a felt sense? Is, that, is there an image? Is there a, you know, is there color to it? You know, what's what do we notice about it? And then what IFS does is move into how we how do we feel towards it, you know. So if we feel 
like I want to get rid of it, that actually makes it worse, you know, so we'd have that part relax that wants to get rid of it. And then we we'll see if we so, can. So, so, that, so that would be a part that's, that's, that's speaking up because uh, I've just not sorry to interject. Yeah, but a part that, that pops up for me sometimes is like, Oh, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. Yeah. So as you say that, Greg, and people maybe can't see you on screen, but as you say that you go kind of in your head, you know, yeah. and you and you're you're trying to look for the feeling somewhere in your head. You know, well, the feeling may not be in your head. It might be down here, it might be in your gut, it might be subtle, you know. So, you know, so what we do is re refocus you a little bit. And so how does that anxiety show up? Right. So you took a breath as we're talking right now. Yeah. You know, as you took a breath, you kind of came into your body, out of your head, you know, and then we'd see if it's okay to feel that. You know, if, can we notice? What is the uneasiness there? And there's just maybe small symptoms of that. But as we focus on it and befriend it, then it begins to open up and tell us more about what that experience is or what the fear is or what the worry is. So so that befriending it opens our system to being able to feel it a little bit more, to come into relationship with it. You know, and then what happens is we begin to see more, we get to feel more, we get more information about what's happening because as you repress something it, it we don't we don't experience it we don't have a sense of it and we're able to kind of do that when I, I worked a lot with performance enhancement a lot of times people were okay until they stepped on that stage and then they got flooded and they froze or they got mind goes blank mind goes blank you know yeah. so it's in that state dependent environment that actually the body begins to respond and parts of us begin to respond so the way we would work with that IFS is we would find that, focus on it, and then the therapist or whoever's coaching you would help you come into relationship with it. You know, and as you come into relationship with it, then it's able to show you more, tell you more about what the fear is, what it's connected to, you know, what's it relating to, you know, how's it trying to protect you, or if it's carrying some belief, you know, or burden, for, you know, that it's carrying in in ways that that may need to be healed or released in some way so that's so the difference between normal talk therapy is we're talking about our system versus interacting directly with our system and that's what ifs does is and it helps us interact directly with ourselves, with the, these parts of ourselves. well I, th I think that's what i've loved about it because like you noticed with me going to my head i have a tendency to really just think about things and yeah. it, it all has to make sense for me and and you know feelings don't make sense right always so uh, so it's 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 hard for me still and that's after a lot of therapy because I, but like i still have a tendency to want to oh but the, why is this happening i don't understand and blah blah and yeah. and then when you said that i even noticed like oh wow my, like when i took a breath i was like my stomach is really tense mm. and that's a lot of times where i tend to carry a lot of tension and um and and what i've noticed is with ifs that's helped me a lot is, is what you're talking about kind of focusing on that and then and then even just focusing on it for me a lot of times starts relaxing it yeah because i used to get a lot of um i guess what you would call i don't, I don't try not to call it panic attacks as much anymore but like i used to get what you would call panic attacks and pretty severe ones mm -hmm. um where like it felt like i was dying you know yeah. and yeah and it was scary because i felt very out of control mm -hmm. um and and that's a big thing for me and and ifs has helped me a lot in terms of like now i feel i don't have that fear around anymore because i feel like 
okay, if it happens, like it's okay if it happens and I can close my eyes and focus on where that's happening. Yeah. And now instead of what I used to do is like, can I ignore it? I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it. If I ignore it, it'll go away. Or and yeah. like the natural instinct to want to push away. Right. Like I try to do the opposite. I mean, it still takes a while for me still, but like right. when I focus on it and I'm able to kind of focus on where the panic is, which feels really like, oh, this is going to make it worse is what my head is thinking right you know but then when i start doing that i do notice every time my stomach relaxes a little bit and all of a sudden it it starts like everything starts relaxing and it's okay and and thanks to a lot of ifs i really haven't had any of those type of attacks in a year and a half or something great. that's great so it's 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 been super effective for me and i'm obviously a big fan of it yeah. um but i yeah like you said that's i i've always wanted to kind of explain it better to people because every time i i tell people like how kind of a session went it always, it always sounds how i explain it, kind of like mystical or something like like yeah. it's some kind of like meditation and but it does feel a little bit like it has a combination of a meditation and, right. and therapy aspect yeah it can it can feel meditative because you actually slow down and that's and um one of the things you described with a panic attack is they're ramping up, you know, so there's a fear and a panic attack is a lot of fear of fear, you know, so as a fear of fear ramps up, your, your body starts to react to that and it goes into an overwhelmed reaction to it. So the, it does help you really start to slow down. As you notice, as you breathe and sort of came out of your head, you started to slow down more and your pacing started to slow down, you know, and that's, and that is one thing that we find is, is some of the overwhelm comes from speeding up and trying to figure it out. And if our head just can kind of stay ahead of it, you know, we'll, we'll make it go away, but it's, you can't stay ahead of the emotion. It needs to be attended to you by, it needs to be attended to in some way. Um, so, um, and that's particularly fear is not there to cause us trouble. You know, it, it needs some response from us. It needs something from us, some reassurance or the need to know that we're safe or, a lot of times people generalize like the audience is not going to like me. Like who in the audience, <laughs> like yeah. which person is not going to like you? You're going to have like some that do and some that don't, but which one that generalization really makes it, you know, more overwhelming. And what I, what I like about that too, is like, because you're saying like sometimes maybe that part needs reassurance and things. And it's, and it sounds like it's, you can almost, in a way help yourself like sometimes with when i did talk and i love talk therapy too i like i think every therapy can be useful um but what i ran into sometimes is that i was like waiting for my session to to feel better you know what i mean yeah, like i was yeah. like oh when's my next session i, I need to and now i feel like it, what, what ifs does it also is teaching you tools like the example you just gave like let's say I'm about to go on stage or in front of the camera or whatever. And I'm feeling this fear and all, and these voices coming up of like, Oh, what will they think? Oh, they might not think I'm good. And and then you can, like you said, like reassure that voice and, or whatever you need to do. But I guess what would be, let's say if that happens and you're listening to that voice and you hear it come up, what would be, I guess, the first step that you, and I'm sure everyone's different, but I guess what would be the first step that you would do? Like, let's say I'm about to go on and all of a sudden these voices are just going like, oh, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Oh, they're going to think you're bad. They're going to think you're bad. What would be the first thing that I would do in a situation like that? Well, I think how we relate to that 
a little bit. So if that's happening and I relate to that with more constriction or harshness, like what the hell is wrong with me? You know, why am I not over? Then I just added another layer of conflict. So I'm already internal conflicts. So I added another layer of it. So if we, so the first sort of step, if we see that it's just protective, I'm trying to, right now I'm just trying to protect myself. You know, I'm trying to sort out like how to be successful and what might go wrong. You know, so all of that noise isn't there to cause you trouble, is trying to protect you. But what am I protecting myself from? You know, so the uncertainty also causes a lot of anxiety. So for a lot of um, artists in general, the fear of failure is a big, it's a big fear. And a lot of times they can't put their finger on it, you know, but the yeah. fear of failure is a, is a major, you know, I mean, the, the odds of making it as an artist, you know, is, is really very small, very yeah. small, you know, so you're, you're actually trying to achieve something that's um, quite unique. So it's already sort of built into the profession in itself to, you know, and, um, you know, so that fear of failure. So if I can name it, then it's not so ambiguous. So uncertainty generates so much fear. So a lot of times with the, the young artists I worked with, just knowing like, okay, it's natural to have fear of failure. You know, all of your classmates have it, you know, and the ones that don't have it, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're kind of delusional, you know, in a way. So, yeah. um, so one is if I can name it, that's what that is. It's a fear of failure. Then how do I am relating to that? If I relate it to a way it was natural for me to have this, and actually it's there because I want to do well, or I want to be successful, or I want to, I have, a, I have something to say to the world, you know, that I, this platform is going to give me a platform to say something that's important to the world. So that now we've turned the value that we have for ourselves is this shifted from there's something pathological about me to there's something natural and human about me, you know, and so I just shifted how I'm relating to myself. And oftentimes what you see with IFS, the reason people like it is just in relating to myself in that way, something eases inside, you know, like what you may notice, Greg, is when you relate to that fear, anxiety, and just a softening away, it actually slows down, it eases, and then it doesn't cascade on you and doesn't kind of get, get away from you in a way. And, and cascading is kind of what happens in a panic attack. The fear cascades and your body reacts. Oh, interesting. I, that's interesting because that's actually what even physically I feel. I feel that sometimes when I'm focusing on it, because I, and I told my therapist this too, it almost feels sometimes like my, I can feel my stomach relaxing, but almost like a wave. Like yeah. it'll tense and then it relax. but it feels like nice, you know, yeah. like it feels nice. And all of a sudden I can, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how shallow I was breathing because I'm so used to this being tense. And then it relaxed and all of a sudden I'm getting a nice deep breath all the way to the bottom. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I didn't know I had been carrying this tension around for as long as I'd been carrying it around. And I could see, especially for artists where, like you said, you 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 want you have to be very present. You have to be, I guess, embodied yeah. uh, and, and really feel all the different sensations because that's what makes a deep performance yeah. And so even even on that level, it's it makes complete sense why that would be so beneficial uh, because it's so easy to numb out. Yeah, I worked a lot with um, we had we have a really fantastic opera department and some sometimes getting that deep diaphragmic relax, you know, allows the voice to get more rich, you know. And so how do we sort of actually do that? You know, so I worked a lot with different and I, I don't sing at all. So it's, you know, yeah. um, but but 
you know, as we sort of relax deeply into that, you, we have much more expansive, you know, the a breath that we can that you can sing from. So, um, so yeah, that's um, important to be able to know the body and how do we help that relax and create more expansion in there. And I'd, I'd love to ask you like a big thing that pops up for a lot of artists, a little less now because I think there's a little bit more awareness now. But something that artists talk a lot about is they're like, oh, that their pain is what makes them great artists. Yeah. And they feel like if they don't have that, they have this fear of like, oh, maybe I'm not going to be as creative anymore. You know, it's almost like this. They take there's a, there's a little bit of pride in being this tortured artist. And that's definitely something that pops up a lot in the industry. Yeah, I think what I, I I, th I think what I would say to artists about that is um, it's enough to have a reference for it. You don't have to live it, <laughs> you know? So most, yeah. most artists have enough reference for the capacity of human suffering that, so we have a reference for it. We don't have to live it to have a reference for it. When you, you know, when you go in to be an artist that has that uh, or an actor or, or uh, you know, or, that has that sort of tragic life experience you just need a reference for it you know you don't have to live it in order you know to um to be able to express it you know so that's um so that's you know kind of the idea is that i'll lose it in a way you know if you know human suffering you have a reference for it you don't have to live it um so. yeah and I, I think that's uh, that makes a lot of sense because i i feel like sometimes they're like oh if i heal this i don't have it anymore but it's like it's you still part of your life story it's still it's still part of your experience and as an artist uh, and i feel like you can still draw on on those experiences you still remember what that felt like if that's your process you know what i mean like also there's different techniques and processes um yeah. but but just because you're doing better in your personal life doesn't mean that you can't draw on that anymore and, and human beings are deeply resonant you know so we're naturally resonant and naturally compassionate you know, so if um, so, we we don't have to be it in order to resonate with it. You know, so when you study, you know, when you study a role, you know, you can resonate with the complexity of what this other human being may feel. You know, so that resonance is plenty enough, and it has to do a little bit more with how your system allows your expression of it. You know, so I think a lot of what you know when I worked with actors is more around what's blocking you from being able to openly, you know, resonate and express, you know, versus I have to go live this in order to express it. We can deeply resonate. If you, you know, if you're playing a, you know, someone that's um, suffering in some way, you know, and you, you go and be with those folks in, in a compassionate way, you, you can deeply resonate with them. And uh, you may not know exactly what they experience, but you, we have the capacity to be attuned to other human beings and we can express that. It's more around, will my system allow me the depth and complexity to, to express the texture, you know, that, that is there. And, and with that, like with your system allowing, allowing you, what are kind of what you've found, if any, um, are kind of the most common blocks for especially actors and and is it different than maybe just maybe someone that's working in other sectors because i mean also there's i think there are some differences in sensitivity um but have you noticed anything that comes up a lot or frequently 
Well, I think, you know, the being able to kind of get out of her head, you know, to um, relax her internal critic, to be able to be in the role, not watch herself in a role. You know, can we actually be in the in the role? Um, you know, I think compassion and being able to feel compassionate and to be able to to, you know, to really feel, you know, kind of what other people um, are experiencing, that kind of empathetic ability, you know, and um, and degree to which you're able to be connected to other human beings. You know, um, I think all of those things really contribute to to that um, capacity to express. And what and I say and what actors are wanting to express is all of the multidimensionality you know, that's called for in that role, you know, and not overexpress it, but have a genuine, you know, you, you know, expression, authentic expression of it, you know, so, um, you know, and so the, the capacity to sort of resonate and be with and understand, you know, kind of other, how you, how the, the multi-complexity of other human beings and being able to express that is kind of what, you know, they're seeking to be able to do. And and it's, and you can tell, like on, on my end, you can tell when when you watch auditions. I watch a lot of obviously self tapes and auditions as my job, um, and you can tell when what you're saying when someone's playing the role, kind of almost watching themselves and how they think maybe it should be and and what kind of looks good or whatever, and when they're just completely like in the moment, present. And, you know, and I think, I think that's, it makes a big difference. Just watching, I can always I, like tell when it's like, they're very present and it almost like, it feels very spontaneous, the movements that they're doing. Yeah. And I think when you're present and embodied, like you're saying that it does add a spontaneity that makes, that makes it in, uh, a performance very interesting because I, I find, and, 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 and I think this is something that happens a lot is when a performance is very interesting and deep is when it looks very when it is very spontaneous and probably choices were made that you weren't expecting to make yeah it's it's a very it's a natural expression to it it doesn't it doesn't look like you're actually trying to be the character you actually kind of are the character you know and yeah so that you know i've been working um for a while now with um trial lawyers you know and um a big part and these are a big part for for trial lawyers that are actually working in social justice, some type of social justice, is ability to actually love and care about their client, you know, mm -hmm. and can they portray, you know, how much is how much is in their heart and how much they really believe their client, you know, um, is um, deserving of, you know, of some type of justice, you know, so how how they feel about it has a lot to do with their credibility, you know, so that so you know so so does does the actor do enough really like getting into the the life of the character you know to kind of feel and to express that um you know and you know so as we sort of come back to that like 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 compassion does a lot more than commiseration you know mm -hmm. so so commiserating is i'm actually going to suffer you know as this person you know, and somehow that's going to have an authentic expression versus as in my compassion, allow me to empathetically feel what it's like to be in this person's shoes. And can I portray that in an authentic way? You know, so in that way, we don't need that suffering artist so much. You know, it's enough to have a reference for it. And then we get to be ourselves. We get to live, 
you know, I think one of the challenges for actors, you know, is do you get to live an authentic life as well? Do you get to have a healthy relationship? Do you get to be a dad? Do you get to like, you know, experience, you know, going to your kids, you know, you know, sports? Do you get to have a healthy, you know, relationship, not just, you know, have this com control and, and consume your whole life, you know? So do you get to live a life as well? You know, so that's and also a really important part for an actor. I think that's that's really that's that's a big thing for actors and in the entertainment industry in general is is having that being able to have a healthy personal life. And I mean, you know that as well, like it's just it's it's not very common, especially in this industry. I feel like this industry almost more than other industries is it is has a lot of more things come up and which makes sense from even what you said from the beginning with how much uncertainty they deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, and and the interesting thing is like uh, with all that uncertainty it's I think the hard thing is always for people to figure out okay but how can I reassure myself? You know what I mean? Like how and a lot of, a lot of self-care nowadays like when you see like on social media and things it's kind of like oh what, binge Netflix for 4 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. know. Yeah, it's okay if you're studying a role, right? But yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I mean, it, what you end up tended doing is you end up kind of putting a Band-Aid on it, you know, and sort of really having a lifestyle. I think the one of the things that IFS does offer is a lifestyle in which I can relate to myself in much kinder and gentler ways, you know, and then I have natural tools to to relax my fear, to relax my overwhelm, you know, and actually be in relationship with other people. You know, it's a relational model. So that stress gets played out in our significant relationships, you know. So, you know, and, you know, for artists, if it's an up and down, you know, and we're and we're playing out that stress in our significant relationships, so that's that's pretty wearing on our significant others, you know. And so we yeah. we end up kind of wearing out the people we love because we're, you know, we're on this roller coaster constantly. So, you know, so how do we, you know, calm and settle our system and, you know, and how do we you know, make intentions and kind of live, you know, intentionally and also relax our, our emotional overwhelm so that we actually can be available and present for other people. Um, well, that, that that's something that I, that I definitely dealt with and I'm sure others too, but like I've, I definitely noticed that like with my fiance when, when I'm kind of work mode a lot of times and, and I'm not doing too much like, like paying attention to how I'm feeling or paying attention to different tensions in my body and and before i know it like i'm very like i start numbing out because that's still like that's a big i guess defender uh, or yeah. firefighter potentially yeah. mm -hmm. in in me and uh and then yeah then i'm not super pleasant to be around because yeah. like i'm not present i'm i i can't emotion like emotionally i'm definitely not available at all you know yeah. so it, i i do notice when when that happens and i i think that's what's beautiful about ifs is that it, it gives you the tools and in the therapy as well to kind of actually have a system to work with that because it's 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 always that's always the hard part i feel like because people are always like oh uh, you know you just need to get in touch with your feelings or like gen just generalities that are very unhelpful actually and yeah. and i feel like that's what's beautiful about ifs that there's actually like oh okay now we can actually do something spe specifics that we can actually do yeah and often it's much more complex as this is the thing that i think ifs lens is much more complex than 
one feeling or two feelings. You know, we've got ways of protecting ourselves. We've got parts of ourselves that are preoccupied, parts of ourselves that are trying to to drive or complete something, you know, and then we have these other parts inside that that carry fear of failure, you know, so it's a system that's kind of like a Rubik's cube, you know, we try to kind of like fix one side of it, but there's this over here and this over here. So the thing that IFS brings is to be able to look at this system and how the system is operating in a kind of a maladaptive way. So we can kind of relax the whole protective system, you know, and then, and as we sort of get better at doing that, you know, then we're, we're better at sort of juggling, you know, our parts and allowing them to, to, to settle multiple different conflicting, conflicting feelings, you know, that I think Walt Whitman said, you know, do I contradict myself? Of course I contradict, <laughs> I contradict myself. I contain multitudes, you know, so it's that multitude of, of, um, you know, of different striving aspects of ourselves then, and the whole thing needs soothing, you know, so it gets a little complex in there, you know, but then how do we kind of do that? So we can, we can really kind of determine, you know, how I want to be. So, you know, like I took off yesterday at 1.30 to go to my, my daughter's, you know, field hockey game, I had a sort of a big teaching day today and this meeting with you, but at one o'clock I need to sort of let all of that go, you know, and sort of just to be present with the family. So how do I, you know, relax all of these different players in my system so I can really let go and just be present with the family and then pick it all up, you know, the next morning. So, you know, that's kind of that navigating that system is kind of what IFS kind of helps folks do. And so when, let's say in that example, so when you're doing that, like, I guess I'm just trying to um, see how in a day to day uh, you would use it. So let's say, let's say you're doing that and you're about to spend time with your family would you like close your eyes or do you kind of do it just like for a minute like is there, is it just kind of whatever works like for you or is it like a process that you do specifically like that where you're like okay i'm about to see my family maybe and everything's kind of acting yeah. up right now a uh, couple of things one thing i might do is i might i might write down what's all present so i might like make a map you know like i've got i've got a part that's saying are we prepared for tomorrow? You know, then that part is trying to help me with that. You know, so I might make a little map of kind of who I was there. You know, there's a should part. I should be present for my daughter. You know, yeah. if I don't, then I'm, you know, not a good dad. You know, so there's a should part there and there's a prepared part there, you know, and they may be kind of battling. So I might just try to lay out a little bit kind of what all do I notice, you know, and then fear is a big motivator. So it drives our system. So what's the fear underneath that, you know? So is there parts that's afraid of letting my daughter down and in other parts that's afraid I won't do a good job teaching, you know? So those two fear parts are kind of what's got the thing in turmoil, you know? So how do I relax the fear in there? And that has to do with how do I relate to it, you know? So how? So if I'm relating to the fear in a more compassionate, caring way, then I can sort of soothe it, you know? So the part that wants to do well you know, so like, okay, so my internal dialogue is, you know, we got two hours in the morning. That's plenty of time to prepare for today, you know, so we'll get up and we'll prepare. The other part that wants to really be present for my daughter, I really appreciate that part because that's really important. So how I appreciate and how I reassure the fear parts allows my system to relax and calm down, 
you know, so now it can come into being more present, you know, so how we, what you said before is if, if we ignore the fear, then it amps up, and as it amps up, then it takes us out from being present, so how we relate to it, settle it, care for it, allows it to relax, you know, and now as it settles, now I'm more in my self-energy, which now I'm sort of being, you know, with the family versus being preoccupied with, the, you know, as I'm kind of being with the family yeah i love that I, f- I almost feel like when i'm hearing that it's it sounds a lot more like cause we always have a lot of chatter everyone has a lot of chatter going on in their minds and, and whatever and it's almost like a more conscious way of talking to yourself yeah and 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 i and i feel like that's that's definitely more like what's helped me with as well um because even with with the panic type feeling when that starts coming up i don't i don't react as much anymore of like oh no uh, like I'm scared of this or like, oh, I don't want this. Now it's more like, oh, okay, this is a part of me telling me to start paying attention because I'm I'm not taking care of myself or I'm not listening to this part of myself. Mm-hmm. And even just like small things like that have, have been such a like huge change. And I know during sessions, you also you go a lot deeper and that's why it is important to have, uh, I think, a therapist that yeah. will lead you, lead you through it. Um, yeah. And I guess my question on that would be, um, there's a lot of people that like, some people have tried therapy and they're like, oh, this didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Or, or oh, it didn't do anything. I guess what would be, if you're, let's say you're an actor and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in starting therapy. Yeah. What, what would kind of be maybe first steps that you would do in terms of reaching out to a therapy therapist? What should you look for? What what makes a good therapist? You know, because obviously it's just like any profession. There's good therapists and there's bad therapists. Yeah. You know, and I guess how do you differentiate and how do you know you're on the right path? How do you know it's working? Well, I think, you know, I'm going to look for, obviously I'm going to look for an IFS trained therapist. We have level one, two, three and certification. So, um, so if you go to the Center for Self-Leadership, there's a directory of IFS therapists. Um, right now it's a could little you, hard to, could you, could you share that website? Yeah, I can share a website. Yes. It's the, um, I'll share it with you. It's the internal family systems website. Okay. Um, so we can share that. Uh, so there's a directory of IFS therapists. Um, it's a little hard to find an IFS therapist or we don't have enough trained. We've been, you know, we have about 3000 people on our waiting list right now. So, so it's a oh, very, wow. it's a very, um, you know, um, fast growing model of psychotherapy. So I would look for maybe an IFS therapist. I might look for an EMDR therapist. Um, I might look for a somatic experiencing therapist. So the first thing I'm going to look for is, is what's their training. Do they have a mind-body approach? Especially for actors, it's really important to have a mind-body approach that we're actually working not just with our cognitive, but we're actually working with how our body inter, inter, interweaves with our thinking. You know, so a somatic experiencing as a mind-body, you know, EMDR um, I first started doing EMDR with artists until I got trained in IFS. Uh, EMDR is called uh, Eye Movement Reprocessing and Desensitization. It's a way of really soothing the system and resolving traumatic material. So I would sort of look at what's their, tr- what's their training, you know, what's the level of training that they have, you know, and then availability. And the second thing you're going to look at is, is, is how comfortable do I feel? Um, what the biggest predictor of success at therapy is, do I feel seen? Do I feel heard? And do I feel valued? You know, and if I don't feel seen, heard and valued, can I, can I talk to my therapist about it 
and and reconnect you know so that connection is really important so the connection and then the level of training if they have some type of mind body approach to psychotherapy are the things i'm going to look for okay yeah and then i think that's that's also sometimes when I, my friends ask me i had a friend recently ask me oh I, i'm thinking of starting uh therapy but I don't really know where to start. Like a, a, a yeah. big question was like, like, well, what do I do? Like, do I go in there? What do I talk about? You yeah. know? And, and I was like, I was like, well, you know, like a good therapist will help you even figure that out. You know what I mean? Or maybe you'll have a general question that will lead to something else. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, but like, I guess that's a big question that that's that I've been asked at least a few times. Like, Oh, what do I do? How do I do it? Like what question? like, what do I say? Yeah. You know? I think if you can sort of, so there's something you're experiencing that that you want to experience differently, you know, so maybe you experience anxiety, maybe you experience anger, you know, unwanted anger, maybe you you can't sleep at night, you know, maybe you're experiencing that you um, are, you know, you know, eating more than you want to and you're self-soothing that way. So there's something we're experiencing that we want different. You know, so therapists are very well trained in kind of hearing, like if you're experiencing something that you want to a different experience with, you just tell them, here's what I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing racing thoughts, having a hard time falling asleep at night. That's great. Let's start with there. That's called anxiety, you know, or I'm experiencing a depressed mood where I can't get up out of bed. You know, my energy is low. I just don't feel the zest for life that I want to, to feel, or I'm confused about my relationship and I... Not sure if I want to have a forever relationship with this person or if I feel like I need to move on to someone else. You know, that's a polarization. So, you know, you tell people what they're what you're experiencing. And then we'll talk about how we might, you know, kind of go about therapeutically helping you with that and help you get to know what's going on and, you know, kind of what we might be able to do to kind of help you resolve that or make some decisions or work with what parts of you are, you know, are engaging uh, in certain ways. So. Yeah. And and can IFS therapy like obviously like there's frequencies that people go. Some people go once a week, once every two weeks. But let's say let's say you're an actor and maybe you're tight on the budget. And you know what I mean? Like obviously as an artist, that's a lot of times the case, especially when yeah. you're starting out. Yeah. Um and and they're like, Oh well, but like I, it's not worth it if I only go once or twice a month. It would it's is it still effective if yeah. if you can whatever amount you can go if you can only go once a month or something yeah i think it's yeah i think i mean if you've kind of got a knot in your system and you you can go and loosen that knot some you know and and sometimes talking about it being able to work with it kind of loosens it up some you know if you sort of if you don't have that it's just going to get tighter you know because whatever way you're coping is causing that to constrict more and more and more so um, so yeah, it's, you know, it can be based on kind of what, you know, going forward and, you know, some people experience quite a bit of, you know, shifts to some one or two sessions, you know, some folks, you know, kind of need some ongoing work. So it depends on, you know, kind of what you can afford, but I think it's better to, you know, it's, it's better to get some support for it, you know, cause you're going to keep using the same tools over and over and over you know, expecting different results. And that's kind of what Einstein said was insanity, you know, doing the same yeah. thing over and over, you know, expecting something different to happen. So, um, well, especially with you to how you talked about the mind body connection, it's, uh, it's mental health 
it, it can should be a priority i think i think a lot yeah. of times people will prioritize their gym membership and things like that which is also important health physical health of course you know what i mean but it's like a lot of times i've noticed some like mental health things get put at the bottom of the priority list like like an extra like if i have time and if i have anything available then i'll i'll work on that a little bit yeah but i think you know for you know actors you are the instrument you know so knowing your instrument you know knowing your emotions knowing the way you think knowing the way that you perceive things you know so you're investing in yourself you know and you you are the instrument so keeping your instrument sharp as also has to do with you know is you know knowing your emotions knowing your your stress knowing how you what's your go-to when you're overwhelmed or over over stress and how is that going to show up you know when you're trying to um you know to really um perfect your craft and really be successful so those so that so you are the instrument so take really good care of it and and even from everything that you mentioned i was all i thought to myself oh, it probably makes you a, a deeper artist a, a a better artist or I, I would think because you're more in touch with all these different parts you have a richer inner life if you, yeah. and i would think if you have a richer inner life you can portray a richer experience on screen or in the theater whatever it is i was thinking yeah. that and I, I almost thought like oh like if if you can afford acting classes sometimes it might behoove some some people to like okay maybe this month or the next couple of months instead of the next acting class Maybe I, I do this and, and that could be very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it, acting class can be therapeutic. You know, it can be, it depends on who you're working with and what the goal yeah. of it is, you know, but, um, you know, what I would track is how am I relating to different parts of myself? You know, are there parts of me that I just disown or cast, you know, or, chastise you know or really can't stand and if that's true then that's a harmful approach that you're you know certain parts of you are taking to other parts of you so you know so how am i relating to these different um, my different emotions my different you know sides of myself my different vulnerabilities you know and um relating to them is not permissive you know for them to run amok it's actually kind of helping those parts that they don't have to do that and if let's say an actor was interested in just learning more about it yeah. um and maybe the, some of the theory behind it are there any um books you mentioned a website as well but are there any books that maybe you recommend as someone that is new to it to read yeah i think uh richard schwartz's new book called no bad parts is um that one is um very popular um and is uh, very lay friendly um, there's uh, introduction to IFS. There's a, lots of YouTube videos. There's videos of Dr. Schwartz explaining the model. Um, you know, so there's um, right now there's a lot of literature. We have, you know, probably you know 35 or 40 books on the subject and lots oh, wow. of videos. Okay. You know, so um, so yeah, we have lots of books. I have a book coming out. Kind of hopefully, if I can, you know, get it to get Amazon to to give me the um, the go ahead on you know getting it published. So. I have a book on IFS and group work. Um, okay, that's coming What's out. What's it? What's it called? It's called creating creating healing circles. So it's a way of using IFS sort of in psychodrama um, and um, ways of sculpting our internal system, 
Um, sculpting is a lot of what I did with, with artists uh, when I uh, was at School of the Arts is really sort of laying out all the different players in our system so that we can kind of get to know who's who and kind of how they operate. Um, so it's called Creating Healing Circles. Should be out in next next couple of weeks um, on Amazon. Oh, great. Then we'll be we'll share that in the uh, in the show notes and we can share the link um, so they can check that out. Yeah. Uh, I know there's definitely a lot of actors that will be interested in this. I've had even my own clients ask me about different therapies and modalities. And, and, and the big thing is, and what you've kind of explained very well today, is just kind of how everything works and, and the experience of it. Because it's always the hard part, especially with IFS. I feel like sometimes explaining it in a like way where it's like, okay, this is the steps and this is what it does and how it compares to talk therapy. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much uh, for coming on. I know you mentioned in the beginning you had a website. Are there yeah. any website they can find um, more info about you, uh, about what you're doing, your book? Yeah. Uh, yeah, mine's uh, BurrisCounseling.com. Um, I'm um, actually retired from doing individual therapy, so I'm only doing trainings and teaching uh, right now. But the um, and internal family systems um, dot um, org i think yeah we'll get that i think it's we'll share that link too share that yeah. Link. yeah there's a directory um we have probably about three thousand therapists trained now in the u.s we're international we're in uk australia um portugal um you know so um, ireland so we're kind of all over uh, the world a bit now um so there's different yeah it's growing it's growing pretty fast lately yeah, it's very, but the past five years have been, um, it's really caught fire and um, we we can't do enough trainings and train enough ther- trainers. So we're we're trying to get um, more of it out there. I think it's the effectiveness of it. And also it, it really sort of builds better connections, better relationships, not only with ourselves, but other people. So it's, a, it's a very effective in that way too. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on. I know IFS has been definitely life-changing for me. I, I continue to do it, and I'm sure a lot of our actors will will definitely check it out. And I think, personally, I think it's something everyone should do. And obviously, they can check out different modalities, but I'm a huge IFS proponent. Great. Um, yeah. So I'll have them check out your links and uh, check out the directory. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope you can hear my voice, how much I love actors and I love the the work they do and, and what they sort of give to humanity. And, you know, so it's um, um, so I, I wish everybody health and wholeness and um, and, um, you know, to break a leg out there. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Right, thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have. 